Welcome to the Dirt World Podcast. I'm Jason Richman, a fourth generation road builder that started on a shovel and now serves as the chief operating officer at BuildWit. This is the Ariat Dirt World Summit Series, where we will dig into the construction world, exploring the challenges, successes, and strategies that shape exceptional leadership and builds a thriving workforce in the dirt world. Join us as we sit down with some of the brightest minds and trailblazers in the construction industry. Our guests are leaders who have navigated the trenches, built businesses, cultivated strong teams, and fostered innovation to build the infrastructure that shapes our world. From technology, equipment, suppliers, and contractors, their experiences and insights will inspire and empower professionals at every level. I'm thrilled to introduce our next guest, Tyler Foster, a civil engineer from Purdue who serves as the Director of Data Solutions, and Jason Lambrick, a civil engineer from the University of Illinois, the CEO of Dirt Prep Solutions. Dirt Prep Solutions is a one-stop shop for construction technology, focusing on the heavy civil and earth-moving industries. They specialize in all aspects of technology applicable to earth-moving and help customers with limited experience with technology succeed with their investment. They have the ability to provide best-in-class services, training, and support. Tyler and Jason, welcome to the Dirt World Podcast. Hey, how's it going, man? Good. How are you guys doing? Doing fantastic. You guys have got professional setup there. I feel like this is awesome. Like <laughs> we all got mics. We got great sound, great quality. This looks fantastic. Well, we're gonna you take try your lead. a little bit. <laughs> I like we're it. Take I like your lead it. and make our own podcast. So yeah, we're that's, geared up. <laughs> that's fantastic. Well, when you get that going, if 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 one of our team members could join your podcast, we'd be happy to help serve and support uh, as you guys get that up and going. That's that's really cool. I think podcast is a it's a great medium. It's becoming more prevalent. People are using it to to learn and grow and to follow, you know, people people and brands and organizations that they care about. So, I'm really excited to uh to hear what you guys uh end up doing with the podcast. We're excited too, you know. That's that's the biggest thing is just sharing information. <laughs> 100% so, you know, we got two of you on, so we'll kind of go back and forth. I'm going to ask some questions just to give you a lay of, lay of the land. We're going to talk a little personal. We'll get into the business. We'll talk a little bit on leadership, some on workforce development, and then we'll finish with the Ariat Dirt World Summit and uh, why you guys have sponsored, why you've gotten involved and what you're most excited about. So if you wouldn't mind, just whoever wants to go first, love to hear a little bit about your personal story, how you got into the dirt world, you know, starting from you know, from as early as you want to go. Jason, why don't you take the lead there? All right. So, uh, you know, Tyler and I, both civil engineers, Midwestern boys, we, we grew up in, uh, over there and went to school for civil engineering. And then we got into construction right away. And, you know, instead of taking the design route, thought that was kind of stuffy. We were outdoor guys, wanted to be in the field. So it was uh, pretty exciting to get into construction and, we got kind of dumped into technology right away. So I'm about two decades in, Tyler's about a decade in, and um, we've just always been enthused about the technology side and we've seen how it can really boost productivity and profitability of construction companies. And that's really what we do is we're educators and um, proponents of, of this technology that we see can really boost someone, especially in this age of limited skill in the field and or declining skill. And uh, we're we're really just out there to help people succeed with this technology. That's fantastic. And Jason, uh, just curious, uh, where, where are you calling from today? 
I'm down in Orange County, Southern California. Southern California. Awesome. Where it's always sunny yeah. and 70. <laughs> it's pretty nice. Yeah. We're this side of the mountains, coastal, so it stays pretty cool. It's, we enjoy it. It's expensive and a lot of traffic, but, you know, if you can get past those things. But huge opportunity out here on the West Coast, you know, especially giant uh, opportunity in California. But we go coastal uh, nationwide with our services that we do, 3D models for machine control. I'm sure Tyler will talk more about and then we actually support and sell technology brand. You know, we're a supporter of uh, Hexagon and Leica brands, but we're really just proponents of all technology in general. And uh, we cover all of California for Leica now and all of our models. We have customers all over the country. That's great. So you're a long ways from what was home, but now you've got the new place <laughs> and you're serving right there in your home state. So. That yep. sounds really good. Tyler, give me a little background on your story. Yeah, so uh, I don't want to ruffle any feathers, but I will say that Purdue was the better choice for the civil engineering <laughs> program. I had to throw that out there. Right. Anybody who knows me, they sometimes my nickname is Purdue. So, uh, yeah, you know, started back there again, Midwest boys. Uh, Jason was a little bit more rural. He actually grew up on a farm and still a family farm to this day. Uh, you know, I was just suburbs of Chicago and right out of school, just got hooked up with a large contractor out on the West coast, got hooked up on their large projects division. So we got to travel around and, uh, you know, see some of these big jobs and work on them. And I started doing roadway and earthwork management. Uh, so that's kind of where we started to get into technology with drones and things like that. And we had actually used, uh, dirt prep services on one of my projects how we originally got hooked up with jason and you know we kind of kept in contact from there but you know the experience that we've had you know through our careers uh the projects we've been on it's really led us to understand the work and how things are to be done so it really gives us like uh you know an upper hand and a cutting edge to understanding the technology and how it's actually going to get used so um you know spent about seven years with that contractor and then came over here to dirt prep and uh we've been you know the side that i'm responsible for will be the data services so as jason said we're coast to coast and uh willing to support and help anybody that, that needs some technology help so that sounds that's a little great. background on me no i love it and just out of curiosity where are you calling from today i'm from reno nevada not as uh not as coastal and nice as uh, Jason's got there. It's, you know, a little yeah. dry, a little bit in the hundreds. It's a little hot. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm still in Indiana, so born and raised. It's, 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 my, it's my roots. It's where I'm at. So, uh, but thank goodness for, you know, transportation. We can travel, you know, throughout the, throughout the country right. by, by vehicle or by, or by plane. Just out of curiosity, random crazy question. Do you prefer to drive or fly? Well, Jason definitely drive. I I have become uh, not a very happy flyer as of late for whatever reason. <laughs> I think it's just, you know, the way the world is. And I'm like, you know what? I'd rather not do this. And it just so. But it's a little bit of a drive to go down there to the office. So I will take a flight. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Cool, man. Well, thanks for giving us a little background on yourself. Um, you know, up next, just want to kind of dig into Dirt Prep. You know, as I was looking into the website, looks like there's a lot of different brands, a lot of different products and services that you guys offer. 
so just give me a little history on the company, you know, when it was started and, and how it's evolved. And, you know, they've got a lot of listeners out there that, you know, are hearing it for the first time. So we'd yeah. love to hear, you know, a little bit more about, uh, about dirt prep solutions. Yeah. So after I was in construction, I worked for one of the big technology manufacturers and uh, really learned a lot about the technology itself, how it works, how it operates, and of course, how to how it goes to market and how it helps, helps people. Um, and then I left there and started Dirt Prep in 2014. So we've been around for about nine years. We started purely as a service company, building 3D models for machine control, doing quantity takeoff volume, dirt, dirt calcs. Uh, cut fill maps and and drone flights is really where we started, and it was it was just me for you know three years cranking it out and uh, I built the brand I guess around myself and really going the extra mile for our customers and extreme attention to quality because that's one of the big things about putting a model in your machine if it's if it's wrong you've built the job wrong you know that's part of the whole point of technology is you don't want the rework right. So the model's got to be right. It's going to very accurately build an inaccurate model if you throw it into a GPS machine control system, right? So I really paid attention to that and just taking care of our customers. And, you know, I would even do all-nighters, and thankfully I've got away from that a little bit now for the most part. Um, but, yeah, I got to that point where I was just totally overwhelmed with work and just always taking on – I never said no to anybody, right? I would just take any client I could get and um, – you know, when I left, uh, I had all these people that I knew in the industry. And when I started, I, I, you know, pretty much had a instant customer base, which was nice. Just kept building that up until I finally broke down and hired my first person that could, you know, duplicate some of my skill. And uh, we just you know, effectively doubled that year and, and kind of took off from there. And, you know, five years ago, we got the opportunity to be a distributor of the of the technology that goes on the machines and doing the layout in the field. And uh, so we, you know, we kind of bill ourselves as a one-stop shop now. We can do everything related to technology. We can sell and support it, and we can provide all the data that would go into the decision-making process for the company and to go into these machines to make them more productive as we um, go into the future. Yeah, that sounds great. As I look at your website, I'm looking at, you know, Leica Geosystems and Ag Tech and Dirt Prep Data Services and Staking Supplies. You know, it sounds like it's kind of a, you know, you say one-stop shop. Sounds like you do have a little bit of everything there. So t talk to me a little bit about, you know, customers interested in doing business with you. You know, what's that? what does that look like? Go ahead, Tyler. Yeah, so, you know, obviously we have a little bit of a geographical region for some of our equipment sales, uh, the Hexagon and Leica Solutions, um, but our data services are coast-to-coast, -coast, as we've mentioned before, and, you know, r really the first step um, is going to that website that you're looking at, and there's a big giant button right at the top that says, hey, you need a model or a takeoff, click this button, and essentially just walks you through a few questions to help us understand what you're looking for. And then, you know, as soon as we get that submission, we'll follow up, say, hey, you know, you're asked for it on this day. We just want to make sure that this is still good. This is your scope. And we try to really make it as seamless as a process as we can. Um, I think that's one thing that sometimes gets overlooked in the industry and kind of to piggyback on what Jason was saying is that, you know, we're a one-stop shop for a lot of these products. But we sell it through really good support and customer service. That's 
you know, that is our MO for everything because I feel like that's what's missing in the industry around this construction technology stuff is that, you know, for, for the most part, it's very technical. And a lot of times you get people that are just thrown into it and they're, you know, raise your hands. What am I supposed to do here? So we just really try to position ourselves as that helping hand to help people take their business to the next level. Love it. You're positioning yourself as kind of that, you know, that hub, that, that resource. So you got a challenge, you got a problem that you're trying to solve. You want to, you know, be there to listen, uh, understand what's going on, more of a consultative approach. It sounds like, you know, really get to an, an understanding of, you know, what's going on. And then if there's products and services that you can offer, then you can do that. But you're also a resource for if they're in another part of the state or the country that, you know, you're not necessarily serving, you can point them in the right direction, get them connected, make sure that you're serving that customer. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm hearing. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's how we <laughs> piggyback our, our ability to support even on the equipment side across the country, because we have a network of dealers that, you know, Hey, our client that we may have data services for in Chicago area, Florida, New York, whatever, they may have a question for us on the equipment side and we can easily refer them to one of our other dealer partners that are on that side of the country and they can facilitate helping them. Very good. Curious. Yeah, like you said, Jason, ahead, Jason, we are at the end of the day, we, we really are a consultants. That's kind of how we approach every situation, right? Is it, when it comes to technology, when it comes to data, that's, we live and breathe that we know it very well, right? So, we can help a customer with pretty much any aspect when it comes to those. And, you know, we really go over the top with our customer service because we have seen out there that, there, you know, other people in this industry and our competitors are not giving that support, right? So mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we don't want a t piece of technology that our customer is using to be a paperweight, right? That's an expensive piece of equipment that needs to be utilized. So we, we very... You know, Ty and I have been in the field, right? So we know that, you know, in his past life, he was a cost engineer. Literally every day he knew if his job made money or not, or even certain items on that job. So we're really honed into making sure that you get the return on that investment. And that's what we see is when people invest in technology, their business accelerates and they just become so much more nimble and they grow and they become more reputable as a result. You know, it's interesting when I think about my background in construction and the people that I know, um, we talk about how technology can help you be more efficient and profitable and all these great things, but technology can really be intimidating. And, you know, you can, Absolutely. you can spend a lot of money investing in technology and then not even get the, you know, the full value of it because you're only using a certain percentage of it. So I'm just kind of curious, like, how do you you know, really build the relationship with the clients that you're working with to have that one-on-one, -on -one, uh, but then really have that heart of a teacher, making sure that they're getting the full value out of the technology that they're investing in. Yeah, it's a good point, right? And that's something that we really can specialize in. We Our, our, our typical customer is like a small to mid-sized contractor, right? And these are the, the holdouts of technology that haven't usually haven't adopted technology yet. And, you know, we kind of see ourselves as the handholders, right? Of, you know, it may be intimidating. I don't know all the aspects. And, you know, we can 
kind of our business proposition is we'll we'll uh, do it for you, we'll do it with you, or you can do it yourself, and we'll help you along at any point during that stage. So if you're new, you know, we suggest that you know that if you invest in machine control, that you don't go right out of the gate. And since it is such a very critical thing with the model to build it yourself, right? Is we can build the first one or two um, at for you as a service and make sure it's right. You can see the product, you can understand, you know, what's involved, and we can explain it to you and make sure that you don't. That's not your stumbling block, right? As we'll move that out of the way, let you fully go into machine control, and then if you want to, we'll certainly get you there, right? You know, we do believe that if if people are uh, you know, self-sufficient, that's really better for them overall, right? So if contractors want that, we'll, you know, train them and implement and help them train this person up inside their organization to be to be self-sufficient. Yeah, and, and to add on that too, you know, how we will take it from any step of the process to any step of the process. We're not going to sit here and, you know, we may be doing services that in turn is going to make, you know, us more revenue, but we still want you to be sufficient at the end of the day because that's going to make your 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 business more revenue and you know what it's it's well it's way more worth it for us for when you're done with you know us helping you and you've become self-sufficient that you tell your friend hey you need to go work with dirt prep because they're going to help you and they will get you to any point that you need and i think it speaks true you know we sort of going back to the cost engineer type stuff i get really excited about kind of playing with data and data mining and under and you know understanding the little things that really make a difference in our business and uh you know for our data services almost 90 percent of our clientele is all return customers because they we grow that relationship with them we build trust um and you know it's just it's a lot easier for us and the client in the long run yeah. We say all the time, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the only way to build that trust is with consistent behavior over time. And so sometimes though with contractors, what I've learned is like, it's hard to get your foot in the door. It's like, right. man, it's just like getting that first opportunity is so hard. Oh, yeah. And as I was doing a little research, scrolling through your social and looking on the website, I noticed a post that you made about the upcoming Dirt World Summit, so kind of trying the two together that said, quote, ask us about a free Leica AgTech demo on your project. And it just really uh, stuck with me uh, because that's a great way to get in the door, to start to build the relationship, to start to show the value of, you know, your products and services. And so, you know, sometimes when people see the word free, they're like, okay, what's the catch? And too good to be true. And you just, you know, in construction, there's not that trust. So, you know, if that is true, now is a perfect time to really elaborate on, (laughs) you know, how how do we, how do, how do dirt contractors and contractors take advantage of, you know, getting that first step, you know, in the door? Yeah, it's, it's absolutely true. Uh, You know, I'll I'll give you an example of a customer, new customer that we just gained. Uh, But really, it is hard to get the trust, right? It's hard for me to trust people. It's hard for everybody to trust people, right? You know, we're um, basically selling ourselves, right, is what we do. And, you know, getting a customer to try the technology and to listen to say, okay, yeah, this is great technology. Oh, we're great at supporting it, by the way. Talk is cheap, right? You know, 
they're not going to know that until we do it. So that's the whole purpose of a demonstration is you to get to know us, not only to get to know the technology and help us implement. So we'll come out and set it up. We'll build the model. We'll do all the data part for you, right? And then we come out and implement it, train you, and you get to also demo our support and learn how we're going to do that and how we're going to be there for you and how we're going to make it a success for you, right? We had this customer. We went out. We, get, we got him at the right time. He was thinking about technology. We set it up. We built the model. We went back the middle of the week. Hey, here's a few more things you can do with it. And, you know, some light bulbs go off and he gets some new ideas about how he can. The other thing we see in the te- industry is like technology gets halfway implemented or they're only using maybe a fraction of what it can do, right? So we try to be there and add on the building blocks a little bit. And then I went back at the end of the week. He's like, yeah, we're buying this. I'm like, oh, great. And he's like, you know why? It's because of you and you showed up here and you helped me. And I actually did go, you know, uh, price check and get a quote from somebody else. And they said, oh, yeah, we'll give you a demo, but we'll give you like 30 minutes, right? So it's truly that on-site hand-holding and just getting to know them and helping them truly utilize and understand what this can do to transform their business. That's fantastic. Love it. Love it, love it. All right, that's a perfect opportunity. As the CEO and leader of Dirt Prep, we'll transition into some leadership conversation and kind of open it up to both of you. Uh, Just curious, you know, like what qualities do you think make a great leader? I'll uh, chime in on that. And I think, you know, from my experience, I've had many leaders over the years, uh, you know, there's different groups within uh, contractors that I worked for, different JVs, you end up with leaders from different companies. And one thing that I think is really lacking in the industry, which I think we really try to focus on with our people is that there's not a lot of personal growth that companies are trying to help the employees with. And the conversations aren't had on a personal level. Hey, what do you want to do with your life, essentially? Like, and how does that fit in with the opportunities that we have? You know, we currently, we have, you know, the sky's the limit with our opportunities because we're small and we're growing and we have no idea where we're going to be in 20 years, but we know it's going to be a lot further along than we are right now. And, you know, some of these guys that are coming in at this scenario, it's like we can, you know, we can build a career around whatever it is that you feel like you want to do. And, you know, one thing that we focus on is there's two aspects to all your employees. It's, it's if it's the right person and if they're in the right seat. And if we need to change a seat, we'll change a seat. If we need to change a person, we'll change a person. But we're always going to try and change that seat before we change the person. Because everybody's got something they're really good at, they're really excited about. And it's way more beneficial on the business side um, to get that person into the position that they want to be in versus just trying to find a person to fit a position that you want to have. And that's something that we just really try to do with all of our guys. Yeah, it's really good. And uh, I would say uh, hiring people like Tyler that I know are going to be good leaders. Oh, <laughs> Thank that's you, Jason. Fantastic. Oh, it's a little hard. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, it's kind of interesting because, you know, as I'm thinking about it, 
and what's going on in the construction industry right now with, you know, really trying to hire people in, you know, it's making sure that you've got that clear job description, role and responsibilities. What are the attributes that you're looking for? What's the culture that you're trying to build? What's that aspirational vision? You know, what are the attributes that you want from, from that individual? And if you can bring in the right person, you can teach them, you know, all of the products and the services and the offerings that you have and how to deliver on. So it, you know, really cool to hear you kind of thinking through that way. Um, you know, when it comes to that, uh, curious when, when I say the, the, the word leader, somebody probably pops in your head. I'm curious, like what, 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 you know, that probably had a significant impact on your career, uh, or on your life. And so like, what was it that they did that inspired you that really that person, you know, that you're thinking about, what was it about them as an individual, um, that really inspired you? I'll, uh, do a little quick anecdote and then I'll let Jason take that one. Um, you know, I had a, one of the projects I was on, um, basically when I was doing cost engineering, I had, you know, the project engineer that we worked hand in hand and I can tell that he really had that mindset. He wanted to develop people and he understood the, you know, we're all people at the end of the day. We have personal connections, regardless if you're in a business setting or whatever, you're talking person to person. And one thing that he said stuck out with me is he goes, I once worked at a job for five years, did all kinds of stuff. And never once anybody told me two words, good job. Mm. And, you know, it's, People are showing up to your business five days a week, sometimes longer, and the you know you got to be grateful for them sacrificing their time to come help you succeed at what you originally set out to do. So, um, you know, really rewarding people on a personal level, I think, just goes a long way, and that's all I have to say about that. So. <laughs> That was my short anecdote. Yeah, no, that was really good. Powerful. Thanks for sharing. Jason? These guys are, you know, it's awesome because you get to hire people that you find that are pushing you to be a great, greater leader, a better leader, right? Um, We're we're going through all kinds of trans, you know, we're still building this. We're still doing this. We're still becoming better every day, right? Uh, So we never stop thinking about that. You know, Tyler's pushed me. He's like, hey, we got to think about this and do that and read these books. And we're always trying to educate ourselves on what the, how, how, what, how the right way to do, I don't know, there is a right way to do this, right? (laughs) But we're always continuously trying to think about different ways to, to look at it. And how do we find those, those right people? And like, you know, Tyler said, not, uh, you know, we may not have them in the right seat, but finding the right people that match our core values, you know, we, are fortunate enough, Tyler and I, to come up from, you know, like rural areas where, you know, we did grow up in a great place. I don't necessarily want to live there because there's not a lot of opportunity for me there still, but we did learn from those around us, those, you know, kind of, I don't know, hometown Midwestern values, right? And just being a good person goes a long ways, right? And I've had a lot of great mentors along the way, and, uh, you know, I really want to be that for for the people at this company too. 
I love that. You know, what I'm hearing is we have a responsibility to create an environment and a place that people want to be. For sure. So, you know, great leaders are, you know, recognizing people for good work and you're doing the one-on-ones and you're in a learn and grow mindset and you're surrounding yourself with, you know, positive uplift people. And so like, you know, the, hearing that is amazing. One follow-up question, you know, you talked about uh, that learn and grow culture that you have, you know, like constantly, you know, reading new books or trying new things or whatnot. Like it's one thing to read a book, but like, you know, part of what we hope to do with this podcast is like raise people's awareness to it, but then also give them like ideas and action for how to put it into play. So it's one thing to read a book. I read a lot of them as you can see, but how do you put them into action? Like, do you guys do a follow-up? Do you talk about it? Do you try to put things in play? Do you take Jocko's extreme ownership and slap the four, you know, laws of combat on the wall? I mean, like, what are you guys doing to really put the books that you're reading or the learning and growing that you're doing into action? Well, one of the books that uh, we got for our team, I actually had one of my guys, he show me some pictures that he was reading it, but he was highlighting it. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'm the, I'm a clean anal person. I'm like, you're destroying your book. Like that's giving me anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> Cause what if you read it again late and you're like, Oh, I didn't want to highlight that part, but I'll tell you what I reread the book that I asked them to read and I went through and highlighted it. And as I go through and highlight this stuff, I'll take notes on things. Like if there's a good idea in there, you know, generally if I come up or find something in one of those books, the first thing I'm going to do is ask a couple guys that work on our site, Hey, what do you think about this? You know, does this, do you think that this is a good idea? Because that'd be a fault of me if I just said, yeah, this is a great idea. We're going to do it. You guys better figure out how to make it happen. Like, no, because they're the ones that are going to be doing at the end of the day. So we need to make sure it's beneficial for everybody. So really just taking good notes, writing down information and periodically going through that list and with your teammate and, and understanding, Hey, we put priorities on things. Hey, this isn't really realistic for the next six months because we have all this on our plate. So we have a, uh, continuous improvement board that I encourage all of our guys. Hey, if there's something you come across in your daily work, there's categories for different things that we use, you know, obviously we're involved in a lot of software, but it's, it's a running list of things that we just, it's an idea, jot it down. It's gotta be written down. One of Jason's favorite terms is just write that down. (laughs) (laughs) Cause if you don't, you know, if you don't, you won't remember and you'll forget it. I'm I'm writing things down as you guys are talking right now because yeah. they're all great ideas. We're all digital, but I I made a post recently. I'm like, what's the most important tool on your desk? And I I'm like, pen. The pen is. So you got to write it. You got to write stuff down. Mine's my keyboard. I type everything. <laughs> I, all my notes are digital. But you know, uh, Jason, uh, that's one of the really cool things about being a small business and really why I want to do this. We've all been in bigger companies where you see things, you're just like, wow, that's not really like how we want this to be, right? So I really like to be nimble and say, you know, we could implement this today if we wanted to, right? If we find a good idea, it's like, oh, that's, that's better. Let's do that, right? So 
I really, you, you find people that are like, oh, you know, not changing ideas or, you know, wanting to change things, especially like some of our customer base and people in construction, they're not, they're a little bit loath to change, right, and implement new things. So as a technology company, of course, we have to be nimble, but just as a company, I want to, uh, you know, listen to all suggestions and if it's a good idea, we just go on it right away. Yeah, we don't want to get stuck in analysis paralysis, as I've heard. You know, you somebody finally comes up with a good idea, makes it up the ladder far enough, and then it sits there for months or years. And then by the time the decision's made, it's like, hey, there's about 15 other things that we've already we, – that one's passed. You know, let's yeah. move on. <laughs> Well, and, and, and one thing that we have now is more access to information and knowledge than we've ever had in the world. And, Absolutely. you know, I love books. I love to read, but man, I love podcasts and I like to listen to books. There's sometimes where I'm, I got to drive to Nashville to head down to the headquarters, of, you know, for BuildWit and I got five hours in the car. So if I'm not calling a client or, or a, a teammate, I'm usually listening to something to learn and grow. And so whether it's audible podcast, YouTube, there's so many different, you know, things that we can listen to and everybody's got their own learning style. Some people like to learn on their own. Some people like to learn in teams. Some people like to talk about it. Some people want to go off and just try it. So, you know, I, I think it's really cool. You talk about being, uh, you know, your own business and your own, you know, uh, organization where you get to make those decisions I think that's super cool that you get to lead that way, but also have the awareness to know what your people need and what they want and, and to really help foster a learning and growing environment. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely like continued education, right, is important. And, you know, with us, it's very fa fast paced stuff that's happening, right, in the tech technology world. But just in general, it's something we try to focus on is always like be learning something new or you know, let's, let's try listening to this. Or I even have like one of those like book abbreviator app, you know, audiobooks. I'm on the road a lot. Right. So I try to listen to as many different viewpoints as I can. I, I, I use that in my decision-making process too, right? Kind of have my, my thought group of people that I always, uh, Hey Tyler, what do you think of this? And we've got Herb on our team. Who's our director of construction solutions. Uh, ask him, I've got my mentors, right. It's like, I always like ask the Ask the peanut gallery first. You know, uh, one thing that I'll mention is, you know, when it comes to people, uh, the construction industry is, is facing some real challenges right now. You know, they say by 2031, 40% of the industry is going to retire. We need 560,000 new people coming in every year. So we've got a lot of young people, you know, that are coming into the industry and one thing that helped me when I was kind of coming up through the ranks as a, as a young person, as a young leader, when I would find a problem or a challenge within the organization, if I would walk in with my ideas, I would usually get, I'm not going to say shot down, but they weren't heard as many, as, you know, mm -hmm. as, as, as well as I would like for them to. So I really turned to books to go in and read about every problem I was having, whether it was leadership or communication or dysfunction or, you know, whatever it was that we were dealing with. And then I would come back and the conversation would be very different. It wouldn't be my opinion. It would be, Hey, I'm reading this book and this is what I have found. And I talked to this leader about it and this is what they thought. Help me understand where you are on this. And so it, it just, it reframed the conversation. And so, 
you know, just hearing that you guys have that learning and growing environment, knowing that we're talking to a wide audience today that could be listening, you know, I would just really encourage listeners uh, to really think about utilizing, you know, education as a communication tool to really make your points, you know, moving forward. Absolutely. You had some data to back it up, eh, Jason? Ah, that's right. <laughs> hey, I like what you did there. I like what the boom. I like that. That's good. Well, hey, talking about the challenges in the workforce, you know, what are you guys seeing or doing to help companies overcome, you know, some of these challenges that are out there in the workforce, you know, specifically on talent, you know, it feels like everybody wants to talk about technology, but I don't know that it's the silver bullet, but it definitely could probably improve and help. So help our listeners think through what, you know, what are you guys doing from a technology standpoint that's really helping with the reduced resources within an organization? Obviously with, you know, the technology and stuff that we provide our clients with, you know, there's a, when, when this stuff started becoming a lot more mainstream, you know, everybody's worried, very similar in any manufacturing, oh, robots are taking our jobs and stuff like that. It's, and it's just not the case. You know, there is a shortage of people that are entering the workforce. We are not, there's not a over overpopulation that we are removing people with technology. It is meant to be a tool to help facilitate the work with limited number of people behind the, in the seat. And, you know, what we do can increase, you know, productivity of current employees, but also helps make up for the, the lack of people that are available. Um, and, you know, it's, it's an interesting situation too, cause it's like, okay, well we're short on, you know, actual people, you know, laborers, operators, things like that. And, you know, for how much this technology is being adopted through the industry, um, I would bet that we'll probably be starting to get short on people who can facilitate the technology to be implemented in the industry. So, you know, for me coming out of school, doing civil engineering, I didn't, I had no idea that this was a thing. I had no idea it existed. I had no, I did one drafting class, which is like, Hey, you need to build some plans or, you know, digitize these plans. And, there was no connection of how that actually ends up in the real world. And I think what we do, at least from the data side, it's a viable career path for a lot of people too, that are coming into the industry. You know, I was the kind of person was like, I, one of my the best man in my wedding, we both did the exact same curriculum. We both did civil engineering with the emphasis in construction out of school, he goes to a design side. I go to the general contracting side. We talk, and he's like, I would never work for a general contractor. I'm like, I would never work for a designer. It's, you know, but this, what we do, is kind of the middle ground because we have so many conversations with designers and engineers, and a lot of times we're helping solve issues that don't get weeded out through the QC process because essentially what we do ends up being a QC process for them. And then we also get to be on the general contracting side because those are our clients. Those are the end users. So it's it's a really exciting and fun career that I don't think a lot of people understand and even know about, but especially with how widely technology is just adopted in every aspect of the world, you're the the people the younger people of these of this generation 
are going to have an upper hand in things like this because they're familiar with technology and you know just growing up with computers versus not growing up with computers it makes a huge difference so there's a lot of opportunity here and excited to see where it goes I mean, we think that the technology can attract a lot of people to the industry too, right? You know, these guys, especially this younger generation, have grown up with technology. I mean, I had uh, one of the cool things about our uh, machine control system is that we can instantly see the screen if somebody calls and troubleshoot. And I walked through uh, somebody through that yesterday about, you know, how to, it was just a simple job. He wanted to know how to set up anywhere and just grade a flat pad. In about 10 minutes, I had them set up, and I could see that. And I had somebody sitting in my office like, oh, my God, this is this is making construction cool again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> So it, it's we're starting to see that where guys are joining construction just because of the technology. Yeah, and it's stuff like this exciting. and stuff that you guys are doing. And the whole dirt world, It's construction has never been marketed. It's not. And we are in a golden opportunity to do that and to bring people into the industry. And I think that's why we just get so excited about it. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't be more aligned when it comes to that. You know, we, you know, Aaron Witt, our founder, is is just such an incredible storyteller. And whether it's capturing it with images or utilizing words and getting it out on social or or videography and, and, and telling that story, it's it's such a beautiful industry. And, you know, the thing I'm most excited about is is being a part of that and helping tell that story of, man, this is a big industry. It's a trillion dollar, you know, infrastructure construction is massive. And, you know, it's like, we just want, you know, this younger generation to realize like there's so many different avenues, but they're all running a business. Um, There's field, there's office, there's, uh, you know, within the field, you can be a laborer, operator, teamster, you can be, you know, you can be in a crew, you can be a foreman, you can be a leader. There's so many different things in the field. And then the office We've still got, you know, to, 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 to market the work, to sell the work, there's IT, there's HR, there's, there's so many different departments and divisions and, and running a big business that like, there's something for you in construction. You just got to figure it out, whether it's within a company or once you get in and start building the relationships, you've got owners, engineers, developers, technology companies, construction, general, I mean, subcontractors, there's so many different avenues. So Really excited to hear you guys, you know, talking about, we need to tell our story. We need to let everybody know what's out there and what's available. It's super cool to hear you talking about, you know, the technology and how that's going to help attract that next generation. Probably one of the reasons why you guys jumped on board with the Ariat Dirt World Summit. So as we kind of come towards the end of this conversation, would love to hear a little bit more about, you know, why did you jump in with the summit and sponsor it? And, you know, what are you most excited about, you know, as, as we, uh, as we come near the, the, the summit this October. Just because dirt world just posts really cool pictures. That was the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's good enough for me. Thank you for your sponsorship. Yeah, you know, I got a little background <laughs> hobby and photo and video. So that stuff excites me. And that, that is honestly what caught my eye. And I think it's a telltale sign of how marketing and construction actually does work. And I think, you know, for contractors who don't do it, you see everybody, they're like, oh, we got to redesign our website now. We got to do this now because, you know, it hasn't been done in the last 25 years. But to answer the question, it's, you know, that honestly, it just caught my eye, went on the website, looked at it, read the information, did a little bit of research and was like, okay, this is something that this just resonated and got excited about it. And I'm 
sometimes I sit in this, you know, desk and see emails go back and forth and talk to people. And I just want to scream and just be like, there's so much cool stuff that still exists. Like, come on, like, <laughs> you know, what we're doing is fun and it's exciting. And I, I just see it as a really good way. You know, the dirt world is, it's a, it's a special niche of the industry and you know, it, you get, I mean, just huge, cool toys, moving earth. Like it's, it's fun and exciting. It's fast paced. Um, and there's a lot to it. And I think just getting behind a mission that says, look, this is the dirt world and this is opportunity for, you know, individuals and just the, you know, it's going to help our country overall too. The, the construction industry, you know, it's always overlooked. That's how you get from your office to your house, that the roads that we build, the bridges that take you over the roads, the buildings that you work in, it's all based on that. And I think it's time that people understand that and take a hard look and understand that this is something we have to fix and we have to fix it now. And the, the effort that the dirt world is putting out there is just something that we're going to get behind and ride that through. Love it. Jason, any I, additional thoughts? Yeah. I, you know, I decided I wanted to be a civil engineer in the seventh grade and I grew up on a farm with lots of dirt and a gigantic sandbox. Uh, and I've always just enjoyed it and, um, you know, wanting to be part of something that got built and it's just an incredible feeling so we love what you guys are doing. We've been following, you know, BuildWit and just having somebody with the passion in our industry and to see that we aspire to be, you know, as good a contributor as you guys are. And um, it's going to be a fun journey. We're happy to be part of it. Man, that is super incredible. Um, so glad to have you guys on today. You know, we started out talking about the professional microphones and the headset and you guys doing a podcast. I got to tell you. You guys have absolutely crushed it today, and I really <laughs> Thanks, look man. forward uh, to you guys developing your own podcast and you know telling those stories and shaping the future and and you know helping us tell that story for construction. Uh, you guys are just an absolute amazing group, and really excited to have you guys as part of the Dirt World Summit this year. So, you know, just want to say thank you for joining us on the Dirt World Podcast. Uh, we're grateful for your sponsorship. Um, for those that are listening, you can visit dirtworld.com to learn more about the summit, or you can go to dirtprep.com to learn more uh, about dirt prep solutions. Uh, we hope that you've enjoyed the conversation and gained some valuable leadership and workforce development insights. Uh, thanks for joining us today. And until next time, keep leading in the dirt world, building leaders, projects, and communities. Tyler and Jason, thank you so much. For, for being on today. You guys were great. Thanks, Thanks for having us, Jason. Appreciate it. Fun.